you listen to this message, you will be challenged and encouraged through God's Word. Here at Heart Seas Family Life Church, it has always been our desire to see people's lives totally impacted and changed. His Word promises to accomplish that. For more information in regards to our church, you can call us at 225-274-1607 or visit us on the web at www.hflc.us. We look forward to hearing from you. Be blessed now as you listen to God's Word. You know, we have just finished, we have just finished such an incredible series here at this church and, and I'm going to be ministering, taking us to the next level. I really believe that God has laid upon my heart to minister to you. But we've just finished such an awesome series on the blessed life, a life that is supernaturally touched by God. Just this morning when I was praying, I was like, God, that is so awesome, supernaturally touched. And I just began to think of that, being supernaturally touched. I'm glad that my life can be supernaturally touched because naturally I need supernaturally touching. And um, there's things and needs in my life that I know, God, there's needs for this church and there's needs for people in this church that I know that we need a miracle. Come on, in the natural, we can't find the answer. But in the supernatural, there is the answer for every one of us. And as a result, as we shared on Sunday morning, many of us made a fresh commitment to God, a fresh determination, not only with our tithes and our giving, but in our lives, saying, God, I want to put you first. And I want just to really honor you with everything that I have. And we believe that's so important. But you know the tendency a lot of the times after we have a great series and we go through the lesson that we just learned on the blessed life, a lot of times what happens is we almost say, well, we hit the pinnacle, so I guess it's downhill from here. I mean, we've got to pick up speed again to come up on the other side. But you know what I want us to do is I want us to continue to climb. Is that okay? I don't want to go down. I want to continue to climb. I want to go higher. I want to go deeper in God. I want us to grab a hold like never before the truths of God. Why? Because they're for us. They're for our lives. They're truths that when applied to our lives, they work. Do I hear an amen? But I want us to grab a hold of these. Why? Because I want everyone in this place to be totally transformed. The Bible says that we're transformed by a new way of thinking by our minds being renewed by God. And maybe our minds need to be renewed as we allow God to totally transform us. And what we're going to realize is that the, the opportunity that there is for every one of us to be a new person in Christ Jesus. There's a lot of things that I've done in the past. There's a lot of things that, you know, I don't want to take into my future. And I realize the truth in God is this. I'm a new creation. I'm a brand new man. This is a new me. Come on, wave at me. How many are glad that you've got a new you? Come on, you've made some changes and you've made some adjustments, even over the last series. And all of a sudden you're realizing this is a new me. You're waking up with a new spring in your step. You're excited like never before to be in the house of God. Man, I'm, I'm pumped and excited what God is doing this, in this house and I pray you are too. Sunday morning, we were packed in this house. Isn't that incredible? I mean, I think that is fantastic. Come on, let's give God the glory and the praise. And I'm telling you again, it's not about numbers, it's about souls. It's not about how many numbers we have, it's about the testimonies that we're seeing. And look around you tonight, there are so many testimonies of what God is doing. Why? Because as we make a determination to be a new person, to give God the opportunity to truly work on our lives, I'm telling you, He can 
take that and do that. But you know one thing I've discovered, and that is this, if I want to be a part of the new, I've got to be willing to let go of the old. I've got to be willing to let go of the old. And I've realized this, many Christians never experience what we can call total transformation. God really totally changed in their lives. Why? Because they like who they are. They like who they are. They think they're successful. So why change? They're happy with life as they know it. They get to a place of complacency and they say, well, I guess this is as good as it's going to get. So they begin to adjust with that mindset. So they go so far, but then they stop. I don't want to go so far and stop. I want every one of us to find that total transformation in God. You see, we like the comfort zone. I like to call it the nest syndrome. We like that which is comfortable. We like the fact, you know, I was just talking to someone today, and you know, their life has kind of been messed upside down, inside out, every which way. Why? Because they made a commitment to step out and tithe like they've never tithed before. And all of a sudden, there's struggles, there's issues, there's things that they're dealing with that really the core of who they are is being attacked. And it's Satan doing that for what reason? Why? Because when we step out of the comfort zone, come on, we feel vulnerable, we feel all exposed. But that's exactly what God wants us. You know, we weren't born to be in a nest for the rest of our lives. We were born to soar. Come on now. We're born to soar. We're born to fly. But yet people look and say, I like that comfort. I like my everyday routine. I like churches. I know, Pastor Pete, you're kind of messing with my comfortable church. Come on, just lay off a little bit. Why do I need to change? Everything is going good. It's amazing, you know. On your car, there's dash lights. And if there's a problem, there's a light that will come on to identify that there's low of oil or a maintenance is needed or something, you know, is going on in your car. And it's amazing how many of us have dash lights that are flashing on the car of our lives. But instead of pulling into the station and fixing it, you know what we do? We take a hammer. We smash that light. And we say, hey, the light's not on anymore. And we just keep living and we just keep doing and we're not, what, yielding and paying attention to the warning signs of our lives. And I wonder how many of us are guilty of taking a hammer or putting a piece of tape or putting something over to hide that warning sign. Something about a warning sign is this, if you don't pull over soon, you're going to pull over forever. Because it gives you the opportunity, it's a warning. And we've got to heed the warning signs of our lives. Well, pastor, I'm saved. And that's all that matters. Well, yeah, that is all that matters. That's really important. But here's the question I want to ask every one of you. If you're saved, are you growing? Are you growing? Because one thing I've realized is that anything that's living grows. So if you're just saved and you're not growing, then guess what? You need to get resaved. Or really, you need to get really saved. Because I'm telling you right now, God has got so much for you. If you are the same that you were last month, I'm telling you, you need to evaluate your spiritual walk. Come on, you may say, well, that's kind of harsh, Pastor P. No, it's not when we realize the blessings that God has for us. Why would we want to be the same as we were last month? We would want to be changed and we would want to be transformed. I'm going to throw this statement out to you tonight as we begin. Are you ready for this statement? Here it goes. You don't have to live life forever, like you are living now. Let me say that statement one more time. You do not have to live life 
forever like you are living now. That's a pretty great statement right there. Come on, bishops agreeing with me. I think that's a pretty great statement. That means that the problems or the limitations or whatever may be present in my life right now, I don't have to live with those problems for the rest of my life. I don't have to live with those limitations. I don't have to live with that sickness. I don't have to live with that burden. I don't have to live with those things forever. How I'm living now is not how I have to be tomorrow. But many people choose to be the same and the same and the same. So I don't want to be like I am now. I want God to change me. And I want to ask you tonight, why is that a good thing? Why is that good? What's some testimonies that you have that you're glad that you don't have to stay where you're at? What does that show you about God? Who's got something that they could throw out? Why that's a good thing? Come on, why do you think that's a good thing? That I don't have to live forever like I am right now. Why is that a good thing? Don't all come at once. Who wants to go first? Come on, it just takes that one, doesn't it? Just to put their hand up and break through and then all of a sudden everyone just... Come on, who's going to break the ice in the house? Come on, why is it a good thing that I don't have to be the same forever? Huh? No one? Come on, good. Because if you're having problems right now, you can rest assured they'll soon be over. And... You don't have to worry about it, and things will change for you. If you're having financial problems, God will change those problems for you, or family problems. So that's how I see. That's a good thing. <laughs> I'm glad about that. Good answer, good answer. Coming behind you, Mr. Dan. Who wants to be the same? Come on, who wants to be the same? I don't. Anyone else? David, hit us. Uh, I think as you get older, your hindsight is 2020. And, uh, you know, I don't want to be anything like I was. Ten years ago, five years ago, five minutes ago, because God is not satisfied with stagnant love. Come on. He likes you to show it, to express it, and it'll come back to you a thousand times if you do. Fantastic. Anyone else got anything they want to add? Miss D. If I choose to stay where I am, I'm going to miss the blessings that the Lord has prepared for me in the future so I can decide to sit here and be stagnant or I can decide to move on and trust him to show me what he has for me. I just wrote a devotion today of four lepers who said pretty much what Miss D said, why sit here till we die? Why sit here till we die? They made a determination that the Syrian army had come and they had surrounded Samaria and there was trouble. They were in famine. But they realized if they stayed in the city, they were going to die. There was no food and they realized their chances were best with the enemy. The enemy may kill them, but they maybe may not kill them. And you know what, here's the great truth that I want you to see in this day, is as we begin to realize that there's more outside of where we're at, as we take those steps of faith, the Bible says that God caused feeble steps because they were lepers. Come on, they were guys who went up for a high five and came back with a high four, you know what I'm saying? I mean, there was problems. They had parts of their bodies off, they were a mess. But the Bible says that as they began to step out, that God caused their feet to sound like the noise of chariots and horsemen. And the Syrian army thought that an army had come against them and they fled. And God wrote, they could have so easily stayed where they're at and complained and moaned and grumbled and had all those things. But they says, no, you know what? There's got to be more. There's got to be more. They say, we've got nothing to lose. Listen, tonight you've got nothing to lose but everything to gain. You know, I was also thinking that if we're not growing, we're just standing stagnant. 
And if we're standing stagnant, we're going backwards. Come on. And if we're going backwards, there's nothing back that I want to go to. Come on. That's right. That's right. Anyone else got anything they want to add as before Patricia? Come on. I love it. <laughs> My thoughts on it are like in the Old Testament in the wilderness. The people of God had to move mm-hmm. with God during the day. When he told them to move, he protected them with the cloud. If they didn't move with the cloud, they died. And at night, he was a pillar of fire for them. But when he said move, move, there's, when you move with God, there's life. Come on. It's awesome. Moving into life. Anyone else? Miss Deborah. Um, what I was thinking was with um, getting closer to God and closer until you're with him. But it comes from growth. Because if you don't grow, you can't get closer to God. Okay, so you've got to move out of that comfort zone. When I hear a statement like, my life doesn't have to be where it is now, it gives me such hope. I mean, that's what comes in my heart, just such hope. And a lot of people are hopeless today. That means they have no hope. But we as children of God, we have great hope in our lives. Just before we go on, is there anyone else that would like just to add anything? before we go on. But how many would say, I'm glad I don't have to stay where I'm at? How many would say right now that you are happy though with where you're at? Come on right now. And you've seen growth. Come on. No, be honest. You've seen growth and you've seen God change your life. My hand's up. But how many realizes that you're not staying where you're at? Come on, that's where we're staying. Come on, how many are thankful for where you're at right now? Because there's a whole lot of places you could have been and you should have been. Someone told me today that they were locked up for a crime. I said, yeah, you just got caught. (laughs) Huh? Come on, we all know that story. Many of us would have had to pay some time for those crimes. We just didn't get found out. We just didn't get caught. But the reality is I'm glad that God has not finished with us yet. But we need to realize that. How many realizes tonight that God's got great plans for your life? I mean, I don't want this just to be hands up, down, because Pastor P says, you know, God has got great plans for our lives. I didn't ask us how many have not chosen those plans because uh, probably as many hands would go up because many of us many times have failed to choose or take the choice of the plan of God. But I pray that every one of you will realize and not only realize but follow the plan that God has for your life. Because whether we choose to or not, His plan is still a plan. That means it's available for us. If we want to wander away and do whatever we want to do and live how we please, come on, God doesn't withdraw His plan and say, listen, you can't be saved. There's no blessing for your life. God's plan for your life, He's gracious and merciful. God's plan for your life is still there. There may be some changes in the fact of the way you have to get to that, but the plan of God is still there. But as I began to think about God has a plan for our lives, I began to ask myself this question, what is a plan? Really, a plan is just a set of drawings. It's a set of instructions. It's just a load of measurements. Come on, think about a plan. But what is the purpose of a plan? A plan itself is just diagrams, illustration, information. But the purpose of that plan is for something to be built. So for something to be constructed, for a development to take place. So when we say God has a plan for our lives, it's not just a blueprint He wants on a drawing board. God has a plan of construction and building and development that He sees in every one of us. 
God doesn't have a plan for your life, Tommy. God doesn't have a plan for your life, Joanne, for you to frame it and put it up on the wall. And say, look at that. That's the plan that God has for my life. You like that? And you show people down the street. Let me show you this. This is the plan. God did not have a plan for your life for you to put it on display and just show it to everyone else. God has a plan for your life. For what reason? That you would build it. That you would direct it. God's plan for your life is He wants to build your life. How many people have ever heard, have you ever heard say, we just moved into our new plan? You don't move into your new plan, you move into your new home. But your new home is a result of a plan being fulfilled and followed and built. Over the next few weeks, I want to try and help every single one of us take our lives off the drawing board. God's got a plan, praise God. But I want to see people not only bragging about the plan that God has, I want to see people walking, living, breathing, being, built upon the plan that God has for their life. I want to see application in our lives. Take it off the drawing board and begin to build it. Begin to build and be what God has destined everyone. Come on, you're destined for greatness. Come on now. I said you're destined for greatness. I want to encourage you in the Word of God. God's got a great plan for your life. God's got a great future for your life. But don't just look at it and say, wow, that's great. Allow God to begin to build that, develop that, and construct that in your life. Because if you realize and you agree today that God has a plan for your life, then you must also realize that God wants to make you complete. He that began a... He said, I'll be faithful. He'll be faithful. He'll show up every day on the job to build your life. He'll show up every day to strengthen your life and to develop your life. But will you be faithful to be there to allow him to work on your life? Jeremiah 29, 11. I know you probably thought, here we're going because it's not going to take us long when we're talking about a plan to come to this. This is the plan verse of the Bible. Jeremiah 29, 11. We should all know it, but it says this. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of a peace, or thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Let me read that again, because it's great. We understand the plan of God, but notice what he's saying. There's a plan that goes beyond where you're at. Come on, I'm trying to make you see that there is life beyond where you're at. Don't get happy and say, oh, we just had a blessed life, and we're all blessed, and let me just rest for a few moments, Pastor P. Let me just enjoy what God is doing. No, come on, we've got to move on, because there's a plan of future, there's a plan of hope that will not happen if we're just glorying in the victories that we're experiencing right now. Come on, it's good to show up at the party, but we need to know when to leave. Come on, we can't celebrate forever. We've got to realize there's other battles to win, there's other wars to be fought, and we've got to be ready and engaged. We can't celebrate the victories and live in the victories. We've got to realize there's other battles, there's other enemies. But notice what God says. I know the thoughts I think towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Say with me this. I like his thoughts a whole lot better than mine. Come on, say that one more time with me. I like his thoughts a whole lot better than mine. Come on, we know the thoughts that we think of ourselves. We know the question and we know the doubts. We know the conflicts that we find inside of ourselves. But aren't you glad that God did not say his plan was built upon your thoughts? God says the plan that he has is built upon his thoughts for your life. 
You may say, well, it doesn't say plans in there, it says thoughts. Well, we've got to understand that the thoughts of God are not passive, they're active. That means when God thinks something, he's planning already, bringing that to pass. So God's thoughts are active, therefore they are plans of attack. They're plans of purpose and they're plans of destiny. Here's the same verse from the New Living Translation. It says this, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster. To give you a future and a hope. Say with me, good plans. God's got great thoughts and God's got great plans. For who? For me. For every one of us. So let's begin, if we would, just to take one step at a time to take our lives from what could be or should have been into what is. Allowing God to build us. I want the title of this series for the next few weeks is going to be this, From Plan to Purpose. From Plan to Purpose. I want to take us from the plan stage to living in the purposes of God. To realize that we are destined for greatness. Life is greater and can be better than where we're at right now. With God, life is limitless. The sky is the limit with God. And I'm going to add this. The next few weeks of this teaching are going to be very practical. If you're looking for deep revelation and you're looking for deep theological words and insight and everything, then you're probably going to be disappointed with this series because I'm telling you right now, we're just going to break it down. We're going to be really practical and we're going to just make it so simple. Come on, I like simple because I'm simple. I want to make it so understandable and so practical. Why? Because I want it to be so obtainable to everyone. But you know, here's the beauty of the gospel. And that is this. It's a simple message, but it's still so life-changing. We don't have to complement it or complicate it, rather, in order for it to be a success. Jesus talked about birds. He talked about farmers. He talked about, he talked about simple things. But you know what? He talked about life. Sometimes we can make the Word of God, I think, so complicated that it goes over people's head. If it's going over people's head and it's not hitting them in the heart, how can they ever be changed? I want the practical Christianity because I want it to be obtainable for everyone. Jesus said this statement so many times when he ministered. He who has ears, let him hear. You know what Jesus was saying? This is for everyone present because everyone listening had ears. He was saying, come on, this is for everyone, it's obtainable. I want you to hear this series for the next few weeks. Why? Because it's obtainable for every one of us. Don't think, well, I'm beyond that, Pastor P. Don't say, and don't ignore the warning lights and just smash them with a hammer. Realize that life is greater and better and can be even more than we could even in our wildest dreams imagine. Why? Because God says that. So what we're going to do is we're going to take from plan to purpose and we're going to take some steps. The first step we're going to take is this. Here's step number one. Are you ready? Exposure. Exposure. What? Exposure? Yeah, yeah, exposure. That's what we're going to talk about. What exposure basically is, is this. It's allowing your life to be open or exposed to God. That's what we're talking about. Allowing our lives to come in contact with God like they never have before. Because one thing I've realized is this. Every time someone was exposed to Jesus, 
Every time someone's need was exposed to Jesus, every time someone came in contact with Jesus, they left changed. There was something happened when a life was exposed and opened up and just allowed God to take liberty over every situation. Some people left Jesus mad. Why? Because they weren't willing to receive. Some people left sad because what he asked, they couldn't almost see the picture of, but many more left glad. But there was an effect that took place when they were around Jesus. You and I need exposure to God in order for our lives to be changed. Read with me, if you would, Acts chapter 4 and verse 13. Acts 4 and verse 13 says this. Now when they, this is talking about the Sanhedrin, this is the religious leaders, the intellects of that day, literally the politicians, the officials, the ones that called the shots. When they saw the boldness of Peter and John, and perceived, that word perceived mean, and when they came to the conclusion. So they saw the boldness and they came to the conclusion. This was the conclusion they came to. They're ignorant and uneducated people. That's what the Bible says. They were uneducated and untrained men. And what happened? They marveled. All these intellects, all these incredibly smart men, all of a sudden couldn't understand the boldness, the way they spoke, the passion they had, because they looked and they said, hold on a second, these aren't educated men. When they said they were uneducated, they realized this, they weren't at theological school with me. Come on, they don't have a degree on the wall, like I do. They realized when they said uneducated that these people didn't have the right to speak like they were speaking because who are you? Who are you? Then they looked and they said, but hold on, they aren't only uneducated, they're untrained. They looked at a bunch of fishermen, they looked at a tax collector, they looked at these people and they recognized and they turned around and said, these are just common laymen. They're not experts. I mean, how can they talk? I mean, what is going on here? In fact, the Greek word for them talking about them being ignorant or untrained and uneducated is literally the word that we get or we derive the word idiot from. They looked and said they're just a bunch of idiots. But there was something about these idiots that could not be denied. So they all conclude idiots. But what? Let's read on. They realized they had been with Jesus. They realized they had been with Jesus. What are you talking about, Pastor P? Their exposure, ignorance, untrained, uneducated idiots, all of a sudden were completely transformed because they had exposure, they had connection. With God. Jesus had turned a bunch of good for nothing idiots into a force to be reckoned with. Ordinary men had come in contact with a power that now made them extraordinary. You've got to realize this in your life. You can sit here tonight like we do and we think the thoughts that we have and, oh, God's got plans for them because they can sing. God's got plans for them because they've got this and that. And we can sit there and we can talk about all this. But I want you to see something. God says, I can take anything. 
If it would just yield its life to me. You don't have to be educated. You don't have to be trained. You don't have to have it all together. But there's something that you need and that is this. You need to come in contact with Jesus. You need to allow your life to be exposed. They were changed because of the exposure they had to God. We need to expose our lives to God. That's why I believe church is so important. When we come in here, we're exposing our lives to God. That's why I preach all the time. Get your Bible out. Blow the dust off. It's not just a, what do you call it, to put your drink on. Poster, thank you. Some of you got so big rings on your Bible from how many drinks you've had on those. It's not just a coaster. Come on, it's not just something you bring out when the guests come to impress them. Some people have got such big Bibles, there's legs already made in them and they double up as a coffee table, for goodness sake. But when we read the Word of God, you know what we're doing? We're exposing ourselves to the truth of God. And we know what exposure does. It takes idiots and makes something out of them. We need to pray, conversate, talk to God, expose ourselves to God. Just be honest with God. That's what prayer is, just being honest. Come on, God is sick with the religious prayers. God, I thank you for a wonderful day. You're so awesome. You're so incredible. You don't feel like that. You're really mad at God. Things aren't going well, but you're like, oh God, you're so awesome. You're so great. Hallowed be thy name. And you're, you're really upset and mad. You're lying to God. I'm not telling you to curse God out. That's not a good thing. But God wants you to be honest with Him and turn around and say, you know, God, I'm struggling right now. He already knows that. But He wants you to be honest with Him because through that honesty, He can be honest with you. He can change your life. Praise and worship is exposure to God. In fact, praise and worship is so incredible. Praise and worship is really the only time outside of giving our tithes to God that God really gets anything from our service. You don't think God's in heaven right now going, good preaching, man, I never knew that. Man, that's awesome. I mean, he knows it. He wrote the book. There's probably a lot of churches he's going, man, I really said that. I can't remember saying that. I mean, that doesn't sound like me. God doesn't get something out of when we're preaching. God gets something when we are reaching. Come on, and praise and worship is reaching to God, touching God, exposing our lives, worshiping Him despite it all, pushing through, opening up ourselves to God. We've got so good at exposing ourselves to so many other things. Come on, we expose our lives to so many worldly things. I didn't say sinful things because you know what? Everything in the world is not sin. You know, everything in the world is not sin. A lot of people say, oh, that's just sin. You know, sports is not sin. It can become a sin, but it's not a sin. The internet is not a sin, but it can be used for very many sinful things. Everything the world has to offer is not sin. But you know what also? It may not be rewarding either for our lives. God didn't say that we couldn't have other things. God just said that the other things couldn't have us. God says you can have other things, but make sure that I'm your priority. I'm the number one in your life. God says make sure those stuff or those things don't become the focus and the priority of our life. We've got to live balanced lives. Come on, we've got to be balanced in what we are and who we are. We've got to be real. We've got to prioritize our life, put God first. And I believe when we put God first, everything else will fall into place and our lives will be prioritized and our lives will come into balance. But we've got so good at wasting so much time 
in exposing ourselves to so many other things at the neglect of exposing ourselves to God. Let me give you an illustration. We have a problem. We call ten people before we even expose ourselves to God. We're too tired to go to church, but yet we'll sit up till one in the morning watching a movie. We've got so good at exposing ourselves to things that aren't going to help our lives. There's only one thing that's going to help our lives, and that is exposing ourselves to God, allowing Him to change us. Exposure to God will result in a physical as well as a spiritual change. Did you hear that? I believe exposure to God will result in a physical as well as a spiritual change to God. Why? Because we'll act differently. How many, have, how many act differently now to what you used to? Come on. Why? Because you exposed yourself to God. God changed you on the inside, but you know what's happened? The actions on the outside are a whole lot different. Come on, some of you used to have a potty mouth. Come on, you used to curse every other word. But you know what? As you expose yourself to God, what began to happen? God changed you spiritually and physically. You're a new person. People look at you and say, what's up with you? You look happy now. What's happened? All of a sudden, God's changed your features. God's given you joy in your heart. The desire that you used to have for drugs and alcohol, God's changed that. Hanging around the wrong places, doing the wrong thing. God has changed those desires. We used to lie. We used to cheat. All these things, but God has changed us. And it's not always because we've been told we shouldn't do those things. Many of us changed not because we were told we shouldn't, but we were changed because of an experience that happened inside of us. And all of a sudden, man, I don't need that alcohol no more. I don't need to speak like that no more. Why? Because our desires changed. Why? Because we have changed. But again, the real question for every one of us tonight is this. Why would we want to be the same? If we are willing to open up our lives and say to God, truly, my life is yours and expose our lives to God, I'm telling you, God will change us in every shape, in every form. Look at verse 20, if you would, of that same chapter of Acts. They were threatened. But this is what they said. We cannot but speak the things we have seen. And we've, You can't speak about things you've seen if you haven't been there to see it. You cannot hear things or speak of things that you've heard if you're not there around God to hear those things. If you haven't been exposed to God, you can't speak about Him and you can't know about Him. They said, we can't speak apart from the things that we have seen and heard. It's almost as if they are saying, when I read that, even if we wanted to speak or even if we wanted to do anything different, we couldn't. Why? Because there's been such a transformation in our lives. We're not the same people anymore. Has anyone got a testimony like that in the house? That God has changed you. But guess what? He hasn't finished with you yet. From plan to purpose, we're going to open up our lives in a greater way. Even after being threatened with great consequences, because of their exposure, they could not deny the fact that Christ was true. And they could not remain silent about it. Turn back one chapter, if you would, to chapter 3. They've just had an encounter with a crippled man at a gate called Beautiful and they healed him. Look what verse 12 says of Acts chapter 3. Listen to Peter's response to the crowd. So when Peter saw it, 
He responded to the people. The people were amazed. Is this the, the layman? Is this the one that sat? Peter sees all the commotion and he begins to respond and he says to the people, Men of Israel, why do you marvel at this? Or why do you look so intently at us? As though by our own power or godliness we have made this man walk. You know what Peter was saying? It's not us. Come on. It's not us. He was saying, we are just now operating under another influence. Come on, many of us lived under an influence, the wrong influence. Come on, many of us were under the wrong spirit of influence. Come on, but God's changed our life. Peter's saying, it's nothing we've done. It's the fact of what he has done in us as we have yielded our lives and exposed our lives to God. Listen to me, exposure will kick down barriers in your life. Exposure will kick down barriers in your life. What barriers are you talking about, Pastor Philip? I can't do that. How many of you ever said that? I can't do that. Come on, God, exposure to God can kick down those barriers. How many are doing things today that you thought you would never do? Ignorant, untrained men, God did something in our lives. What other barriers? I'm unable to do that. How can I do that? So exposure will kick down barriers in your life, but exposure will also determine what choices and decisions we will make in our lives. Exposure to God will bring us into a new realm beyond limitations. I want you to hear this, beyond the limitations. That exposure to God will realise there are no boundaries with God. The sky is the limit. What happens when we expose our lives to God, we realise the impossible can become possible in every one of our lives. Mark 9, 23, if you can believe it, Jesus said, all things are possible to someone who realises that there are not boundaries, there are not limitations, but through just yielding your life to God, anything is possible. Too many Christians live underexposed or unexposed. You know, I used to work in a dark room and I don't know all the technical stuff. At school, we had this class in art and, and I took some pictures and I went in the dark room. We had an incredible dark room. But you know what? In order to develop a picture or take a group of negatives and make them into a picture, there were specific processes that had to be followed. If you want to know the processes, Mr. Dan sure can tell you, I'm sure. But one part of the process was the part that was called the exposure where you had to take that negative and you had to expose it for a while. But if that negative was not properly exposed, meaning if it was left exposed too long, the picture would be too pale and the picture would be too faint. But if that picture or that negative was not exposed long enough, the image would be too dark and would not be able to be seen. That's what happens in every one of our lives. If we're not exposed in the right way, if we're not truly exposed to God, we will never show the true image of Christ to those who are all around us. Why do you think billions of dollars is spent on television advertising every year and other sources of advertising? Why? Because people want to expose you to their product. Many of you are wearing deodorant today because you saw it on TV. Many of you are cleaning your teeth with this new revolutionary spinning toothbrush or whatever because you saw it on TV and you said you had to have it. 
I guarantee nearly every householder here has bought some kind of fitness item off the TV because you saw it on an infomercial and you saw the body by Jake and you're like, I want a body like that. And they don't tell you that those people have never had a body like yours in the first place. Just five minutes a day and you can look like this. Come on, they're lying. It's going to take a whole lot longer than five minutes. Say with me, help us, Jesus. But billions of dollars is spent because they know if they can expose you to their product, you'll want to have it. Have you ever been to Sam's on a Saturday? At the end of almost every aisle on a Saturday, they're giving away free samples. Come on. If you're ever hungry on a Saturday and you want a free meal, just go to Sam's. Why is it that they're giving samples away? It's not because they see DJ walking in the store and they say, Katie hasn't made him breakfast today. Whip up the free samples. We feel sorry for that boy. He's hungry. They're not trying to take care of you. They're trying to take care of themselves. Because they give you the smallest amount just to make you angry enough to buy the product to take it home and taste it. But what are they doing? They're exposing you to the product, letting you taste it. For what reason? So you will buy what they have to offer. That's why when you go to the grocery store for two items, you come back with at least ten. Come on, that's what church should be. That's what church should be. That we come to church expecting just a couple of things, but we leave with our car overflowing. Come on. Have you noticed at the grocery store, there's no lines for two or less items? Why? Because you can't go to the grocery store and just buy two items. They know that. They start at ten or less, and then it goes up from there. It's amazing how strategically things are placed and exposed to you. And you buying something, or, and then you end up buying something you don't even need on the way to get what you do need. Probably one of the most bought items in a grocery store is probably milk. And where is milk? In the back corner of every grocery store. They'll take you through the produce first, the stuff that we don't really like and care of, the fruits and the vegetables. But we may see an apple we like, so we grab it. But on the way to the milk, we have to pass everything else. And if you go to Walmart, they put so much in the aisles, it's like a maze to get anywhere. They're not doing it because they don't have enough shelf space. They're doing it because they're exposing you. Wow, yeah, I need that, I need that, I need that, I need that. In the same way, we need to expose our lives to God. Why do we need to expose our lives to God? Because there's a whole lot more people that need God than the people who are just in this place. We need to expose our lives to God so we can expose our lives to other people. So we can show God to other people around us. The Bible says it's Christ in you. That's the hope of glory. We've got to expose Him. Why just settle when we can have more? I want more exposure and with more exposure will come more change and with more change will come more power and more anointing. Expose yourself. Live life. Realize there's a future of hope for your life. Break your life out of the box. Stretch yourself. Set yourself up for a challenge. I mean, put yourself to a challenge in your life. Allow God to bring you things out of you. Allow exposure to take you to the next level and the next and the next. Exposure will cause you to do things and say things you never thought possible. Ask Peter if he ever thought he would walk on water. Think about that. 
you think he ever woke up one day and said, I'm going to walk on water? But exposure to God made him realize that the impossible can become possible. Look at your life. As I said earlier, you're probably at a place you never thought you would be at. You probably said so many times, I'll never do that. And you're doing exactly the thing that you said you would never do. I've heard people say, man, you'll never see me dancing around and praising God. You'll never see me lifting my hands in church. Now we can hardly keep their hands down. Why? Because exposure changes your life. Being open to God will change your life. That's why it's so important, parents, we bring our families to church, our children to church. That's why we need to invite others to church and bring them to the house of God. Why? To expose them to something they will never forget. They may not accept it, but they will leave affected. You know what? I can go out in the sun and I can tell myself all I want that I'm not going to be affected by the sun's rays. But you know what? In being exposed, I will be expected. I will be affected whether I like it or not. I can put sunscreen on, but you know what? Sunscreen will only limit the exposure. It will never stop it. What are you trying to say? If we get people under the sun, S-O-N, Come on, if we get people under the sun, if we get people in this house, if people get around us and we get ex- they get exposure to the sun, the Son of God, guess what? Their lives will be affected. Their lives will never be the same. That's your testimony today that one day you got exposed to Jesus and Jesus changed your life. If that's your testimony, it can be the testimony for others around you too. As I close, let me give you just two quick thoughts. There's another exposure that you and I need to be very aware of and that is this Satan's exposure. What do I mean Satan's exposure? Satan wants to expose your past. Satan wants to bring up your past. He wants to dig in the past. He wants to remind you all of the wrong things that you've done. He wants to parade them in front of you. He, makes you want to, he wants to make you feel unworthy. How can you do these? Why? Because he's trying to limit your exposure to God. He's reminding you of the pictures of the past. For what reason? To bring you into condemnation. To put you back under limitation. To stop you from entering into the true picture of Christ. But remember this, he's a liar. And his photo album is not up to date. Come on, Satan's photo album is not up to date. What do I mean it's not up to date? All those images of your past, after they've repented, come on, they're under the blood. Come on, God doesn't see those things anymore. Satan may parade them, but come on, we need to tell devil, update your photo album. Guess what? No more, no more. That's under the blood. That's under the blood. That's under the blood. And you know what many times we try to do? We try to get something and we try to wipe away the blood to look back at that images. Thank God that he has erased those images, that they are no longer there. So when Satan comes to try and expose your past, why not expose his future? And tell him what's going to happen to him. Now all that's seen, when we look at those images, and I wanted to do it tonight, but I didn't have time. I wanted to draw a picture of things of the past, and I wanted to take red paint, and I wanted to pour it all the way over the picture. Because you know what happens? There's now an image that's in front of your image, and that's the blood of Jesus. And it's a barrier that shields those things. Don't let Satan put limitations on you when God has released you and set you free. Through exposure, he's changed your life. It doesn't matter your past. All that matters is this day forward. Come on, hear me. It doesn't matter about your past. If you've asked for forgiveness, it's just this day forward that counts. Expose your lives to God. And lastly, we've got to realize that with exposure comes options. And options produce choices and choices will end up demanding decisions. And that's what we're going to talk about next week, decisions. 
making the right decisions in our life because if we're going to go from plan to purpose, first we've got to have exposure to God. But then secondly, we've got to start making the right decisions and the choices for our lives. Come on, let's kick down the walls. Let's dare to venture into what God has for us. Through exposure to Christ, move from the safe zone, entering into the faith zone. Come on, it's time to get real with God. Get in His presence, get exposed, be changed forever. Come on, make it just a common practice in your life that every day you just expose yourself to God. Turn the computer off, turn the TV off. Turn your cell phone off. Just expose yourself to God. Just begin to read His Word. Just begin to pray. Just put a worship CD on and just begin to worship and praise God. You don't have to do it for hours, but make your car a sanctuary. If you drive in 30 minutes, then use that time just to worship God. Listen to a good message. There's a guy called Pastor P that preaches a pretty good one every week. Get them at the back and listen to them. But allow the exposure of God's Word to change your life because I'm telling you, Every one of us in this place, if we haven't the testimony already, we will. And that is this. People are going to look and say they're ignorant, idiots, uneducated, untrained. But they'll come to this conclusion. They're changed because they've been in contact with Jesus. Come on, I want people to see Christ in me. I want people to see the exposure. I want my life to be exposed. Come on, if you want your life to be exposed to God, let's stand as we close tonight. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you tonight that there is such an incredible work that you can do in every one of our lives. And God, I know that everyone in this place can testify the fact they're not like they used to be. That God, you've done such an incredible work in our lives. And God, it's, it's only by grace, it's only by your mercy, it's only through you. But God, may we not get to that place of complacency where we say, well, you know what, I'm saved and I'm good and and this is how I'm going to be. God, may we expose our lives in a greater way to you, God, because with more exposure will come more power, will come a greater revelation, that limitations will be kicked off, God, that the sky would be the limit of what we can do. God, we just want to take from plan to purpose. God, we want to move off the drawing board, God, into the purpose that you have for us. And God, we realize tonight it comes through exposing our lives to you, opening up our lives to you. And God, we pray as we do that, God, you will change us. We would like to thank you for listening to this message today. We pray that your life has been challenged by what you've heard. But we also know it will be changed as you put God's word into effect. At Heartseas Family Life Church, our doors are always open to help. If you need any more information or just a friend to listen, we are here. Call us at 225-274-1607 or email us at pastorp at hflc.us. Remember, put God first in your life and everything you do will prosper. We look forward to seeing you soon. God bless.